Hey everyone, welcome to Love, Rinse, Repeat, a podcast recorded on the unceded sovereign lands of the Gaomagal people by me, Liam Miller. He, him, he's a minister in the United Church in Australia. My guest today is Ali Robinson. Ali, welcome along. Hi, Liam. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. So for those who don't know, uh, Dr. Ali Robinson holds a PhD from Macquarie University uh, with a BTH with honours from Charles Sturt University. She is currently teaching New Testament at United Theological College. Uh, she is also the author of Jude on the Attack, uh, which sounds very exciting. Uh, <laughs> a, comparative, a comparative analysis of the epistle of Jude, Jewish judgment oracles and Greco-Roman invective, which was published with TNT Clark in 2018. She is currently uh, researching that harsh rhetoric in Second Peter and the Gospel of Matthew. So we might have to get into this, you know, what, what's drawing you to all this harsh <laughs> rhetoric and attack and strong language. Something's, something's, something's going on and you're excited about, but <laughs> we might I'm Italian. I love like, you know, the really <laughs> big emotions. <laughs> 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 the, the, those who aren't watching the video, those who are just listening to the podcast, want to see that Ali was literally doing the like stereotypical <laughs> like, kind of hand. gesture at that time. Uh, so, well, before we get to, I guess, that side of things, I guess the question, Ali, is like, which I often ask folks at kind of an opening foray, is what got you passionate mm. and interested in the New Testament in such a way that it would become your career? Because, you know. Yeah. It's not, it's not inevitable that anyone becomes passionate about the New Testament to begin with, let alone passionate in this way that it becomes their, um, you know, job and vocation. Yes, and such. yes. Yeah. It's interesting that you said, like, inevitable because it definitely wasn't something that I <clears throat> set out, like, left school and was like, I am going to become a New Testament lecturer. <laughs> um, definitely was yep. not on the cards. In fact, when I went to um, my first university, when I finished school, I did like a performing arts degree and that's where I met my now husband. And he, when we fi were finishing up that degree, he said to me, oh, what would you like to do next? And I was like, oh, I would love to study the Bible, but, you know, how do you do that? And he was like, there are places where you can go to study the Bible called Bible Colleges. So that's how little I thought it was possible uh, to become yeah, yeah, yeah. a New Testament lecturer. <laughs> yeah, so. Communities where you go and live in huts of some description. <laughs> yeah, I just did not know that existed, oh, Bible no. colleges. And um, so I became, I grew up in a Christian household, but I became a Christian at uni in my mm. first degree. And so, yeah, it just wasn't on my radar of things. Mm. Um, and I'm also dyslexic and have um, ADHD as well. So I like reading. I didn't read my first book until I was like 21. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> so it just was not on the radar. But I went mm. to Bible college and I thought, this is amazing. My world was changed. I just thought, this is incredible. I want to know mm. more about this. It was like this book <clears throat> that up until that point had seemed very um, almost 2D, like almost like like not real, like almost like a cartoon kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And then um, – and then as I was, like, listening to the different lecturers, Old Testament, New Testament, theology, all of it, church history, I was like, wow, like, the whole world of the New Testament became real, like, tangible, like, actual real people. Um, the world of the Bible was like, whoa, that was a real place that people actually walked and talked. And I didn't, didn't think I had that concept before, but going to Bible college, and it just, I was like, wow, more people need to know this. Other people are out there that have had my experience and they need to, you know, know that the Bible is exciting and there's things in it for them. And, you know, um, so I think that just, it just grew very slowly. Like I started off in a diploma of, um, mm. 
New Testament uh, diploma of theology and then just sort of was like oh this is cool I'll move to the bachelor oh I'll go to the honors like it just grew like that yeah. so it wasn't a plan but obviously it was God's plan but I I hadn't <laughs> set out to do that um so it just sort of happened yeah yeah that's really <laughs> yeah. fascinating oh yeah um it's 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 funny we, we share some similarities in that I also did a like um, BFA like in in performing arts stuff and yeah. then also worked at Macquarie University so we have some crossover oh, wow. places we- <laughs> living parallel lives <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I know well the performing arts stuff is sort of this funny part of my world that I think mm. oh was that me you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> but then it's interesting because you know it obviously prepares you in ways that you don't realize as well like to be to teach and things like that so. It definitely was helpful, but I do mm. some, some sort of look back and go, it was almost like another part of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can I understand that feeling. Yeah. Um, so, so you talked a bit then about how, like, you know, one of the things that you love about and, and why you wanted to do this was I want mm. more people to, you mm. know, see that this is not two-dimensional, that this is, mm. you know, a, a whole world that you can walk into and be um, shaped yeah. by. So mm-hmm. I guess, you know, I was curious about, like, you know, what are some of the things that really are rewarding um, or continue to draw you back in, in the act of teaching mm. New Testament um, mm. to, to folks, in, uh, whether in the actual formal classroom setting mm. or, or otherwise. What are some of those things that really like? Yeah, you know, yeah, because I do like it's interesting you said and, and otherwise because I love preaching as well. I love mm. sort of, you know, bringing the text out and, you know, applying it to people's lives. So it's not just teaching. But I think what I love about the classroom is that you kind of have to lay all your preconceptions at the door. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of, at at the beginning of the course, I'll ask people, like, for instance, I did Paul, um, Paul and his letters at the beginning of the year. I kind of went round and was like, okay, what are you all bringing to this? What are your preconceptions of Paul? Be honest, because my preconception is like, he's a jerk. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Before teaching the class. Um, And so I was like, be honest. I've got to lay that down and now we're going to start to rebuild mm. and sort of go, okay, what was actually going on in at yeah. the time, in the context? Let's try and understand, get into Paul's mind, get into the first century um, and strip away some of those preconceptions that can be a little bit unhelpful. Um, so that's exciting. That's exciting to see light bulbs go off in people's minds, to see some of those unhelpful things um, be stripped away, you know. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so I, I love that. Um, <clears throat> and I think for me, because I am a Christian, you know, I think the Bible does bring so much hope and life. And so there is this beautiful part of my job where it's like they're not just learning information. It's meant to be life-changing. It's meant to shape them as people, you know, their character, how they go out into the world, how they serve in their community, you know, their actual relationship with God. So there's this, in my mind, I'm like, is there anything better to study? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And I, one of my colleagues said we had our big annual, meeting across because the school of theology goes across five different campuses and so um one of my colleagues in hong kong said um last week that 
one of the things he loves is that we're not just educators. We are there to inspire these, you know, students for discovery, for their own discovery. You know, we're there so that they can go, oh, wow, like he's a Hebrew scholar. So to be like, oh, I'd like to, you know, contribute to, you know, understanding the Bible in its original language or I'd like to contribute in whatever, whatever your field is. But it's like this idea of inspiring, not just imparting information. Mm. Yeah. So for me it's very much multifaceted and that's what I love about it yeah thank you when when you're talking about you know some of that stripping away of those common misconceptions Mm. I guess you know I'm often thinking like I'm sure once you probably teach more than like three classes probably a lot of common misconceptions reveal themselves as common right reveal themselves as as emerging again and again yeah and I guess let's imagine there's a handful of people who are listening to this who might at some stage walk into a New Testament class or start considering mm. how they read the New Testament. If there were one or a couple of those like real common misconceptions that you just want to like, let's just sweep a couple away right now. Uh, yeah. Save yourself some time in a later day, man. Um, <laughs> um, what might those be? Um, so it really depends on the context. So like as in, so I actually attend a, um, a fairly, um, progressive Sydney Anglican church. (laughs) Um, and so, so it doesn't, that my particular church doesn't sort of fall into this sort of category, Mm. but I know that other Sydney Anglican churches, for instance, it's sort of a no brainer. Women can't preach for instance. And so I will speak to, to, to friends, to other people in that sort of sphere. And it's sort of even their parishioners just sort of it's sort of a no-brainer. Yeah, well, that's what the Bible says. And I want to be like, wait, 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 what? Like, <laughs> can we dive into that a little bit, please? Because um, every letter that Paul wrote had a context and um, you, there's some big sweeping statements there that we need to sort of just push to the side. You know what I mean? Um, so there's stuff like that that you're like, wow, like it's just ingrained. They just think that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says is a very unhelpful phrase, I think, because a a sentence, a phrase can mean so many different things in a different context, right? Like the tone. um, Yeah. What, like, is it, uh, is it ironic? Is it, you know, sarcastic? Is it, you know, what, what, like, yeah, that's what the Bible says. I I find really difficult and I'd like to just that one away. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, Let's 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 go to where we kind of hinted that we'd start with in some of your work on Jude and, and maybe some of mm. your current work and particularly on mm. I guess Jude on the attack and mm. um and and this you know looking at rhetoric and, and harsh language and, mm. and, and the mm. like. What what got mm. you into this project? What got you first excited <laughs> to go like Jude? That's what I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out in Jude. Um which you again, my honest seem answer? <laughs> <laughs> my honest answer was is twofold. One, it's really small. So I was yeah, like, that's great. I can hold it in like my hand and be like, that's what I have to study. Cause I'm dyslexic. <laughs> I really struggle with kind of those big books where I've got to hold so much together. So it was small. And two, <laughs> there's less written on it. So I was like, great, I'll have less that yeah. I have to read. <laughs> less scholarship Let's, to read. This is smart. This is working yeah. smarter and um, smarter. I love it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to get into Romans. Too much to read. Oh, wow. um, but the other real big thing was that uh, um, 
when I was doing my honours, I was down in Canberra with John Painter and I was looking at Jude and Juan Enoch and I just had a lot of questions like around sort of, I don't know, why would a New Testament writer use a book outside the Bible, you know, in their in their writings. And I, there was just so much I didn't understand and didn't know. And I feel like Jude is one of those books that just has so many weird references and weird language that it's, it is kind of just pushed to the side a little bit, you know, as like, it's just a bit strange. We don't really understand it. And I'm like, it's in there for a reason. I want to know more about this book, you know? Um, so the, the honest answer is because I had less to read, but also because it was, it is just a really strange book. And I thought like, you know, yeah, I just I just want to know more about this book. Like, what, what are these images? What is this? It, yeah, as I said, it's in there for a reason. Why doesn't it have the same sort of place in people's minds, particularly in the church, you know, um, than, say, one of Paul's letters or, mm. yeah, so, what, some other letter? Why isn't it one that people think about and read and, yeah, yeah. Well, what is that? Why is there this kind of hierarchy of <laughs> New Testament letters? Mm. Especially, particularly, it's not like, we put a lot of weight on some small letters like Philemon yep. and, and some of the, and the, and the yep. one, two, three, John, or maybe less, yep. but like, you know, the, yeah, the yeah. Like one John pay attention yeah. to. Yeah, um, that's right. Yep. Mm. That's right. Or even James, like Jude's yep. brother, like he gets lots of attention, you know, but Jude <laughs> just got left out. <laughs> but it, it, it was interesting to me. Like, why did that happen? Why mm. do some letters get attention and some don't like, what is that? And mm. how do we kind of bring it back into focus? Why is it you think it happened for Jude? Like, I mean, you, you know, don't think um, it's the full, like, dissertation answer. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, no, I, I think it did happen for Jude because because of these strange images. Mm. And, and I think that for a little while people were hesitant of some of these external sources that Jude used. Mm. Um, and I think that over the course of history, so at the very, very beginning of, like, when Bibles were being sort of canonised and put together, all the different letters, um, there were some Bibles where these what we call Catholic epistles, as in James through to Jude, were at the front. So it's kind of mm. like Gospels and then them, do you know what I mean, right. as opposed yeah. to going into Paul. Mm. So that in some collections they were given importance because James was like the head of the Jerusalem church. He was like mm. a really important figure in in the early church. Um, but then um, in other circles Paul just seemed to get elevated and mm. the Catholics just sort of got when I say Catholic epistles, I mean general epistles, yeah. just kind of got pushed to the side. Yeah. Um, mm. So it just, yeah, and, and then particularly around the Reformation, obviously Paul became king and then <laughs> and then everything else, I mean, just fell to the side, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think it has a lot to do with sort of church history. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So having spent some time with Jude, I'm imagining – a listener who I don't know if we have any listeners who are, who are doing a read a Bible in a year thing, but we're oh, getting yes. toward the end of the year. But you, so you might be getting close to Jude if you were doing yes. such a project. Yes. Um, if you were like just whether it's that person or whether it's anyone who thinks to pick up Jude, I don't even know if Jude appears in the lectionary, right? I don't, I, I don't think I've ever preached on it, so you might never have to. Um, but yeah. let's imagine if someone is maybe inspired by this conversation or just in general coming to it. What would be any kind of guiding? Mm. guiding word or advice you would offer as, as you kind of seek to pick that up to get the most out of what is there? 
Yeah, yeah. I think the main thing when you read Jude, like it does seem quite aggressive the way he speaks and so hence the title of my book being Jude on the Attack. Like he really is on the attack. But what he's trying to do is he wants to almost like he's he's speaking to two people at once. He's speaking to the beloved, the people in the community who, who have held true to the faith and he's kind of on the side, not directly, indirectly speaking to these people who are leading the congregation astray. And he's kind of, you know, indirectly rebuking them, like stop, Mm. you know, leading them astray kind of thing. So that's kind of where the aggression comes in. But I think for Jude, like he's just so passionate about don't let go of this trust, this gospel, this truth that you, that you held on to in the beginning. And so Mm. it's this kind of beautiful, um, you know, a pastor's heart, like don't fall astray, don't get swept away by these false teachers. That's really what it's about at the end of the day. But then interestingly um, for Jude, like at the end he's got this little bit about show mercy to those who are, you know, kind of stumbling to those who are, you know, being pulled in to, you know, pulled in by the false teachers. Don't reject them. Show mercy to them and love to them in the way that Jesus has shown mercy to you. So there's this beautiful kind of, you know, echo back to Jesus' own teaching, just as you have received mercy, show mercy. Mm. Um, So, you know, on either side of the rebuke, there's this beautiful, um, gentle word to the believers, but you know, he, he's passionate because he doesn't want to see these believers led astray, you know, to mm. him, they're heading towards the fire. That's terrifying, you know, yeah. um, you know, so it's in that context, it's a letter of love, you know, and concern. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. That's really good. Yeah. And so it's kind of like it's similar to, you know, some of Paul's ideas in being like what he's rebuking these false teachers for is that they have rejected Jesus' lordship and they're using grace as a license to do whatever they want, you know, a license to keep on sinning. And so he's saying let's come back to the gospel and what the gospel is and not use grace to be like, great, I can live however I want, you know. Um, But at the same time, like I think the other thing that's really important about Jude is it's not legalism. He's not saying like, you know, in far, it's very, it's very far from that. He's just saying like, let's come back to the the grace of the gospel, you know, Mm. Um, and, and live out a response from that grace, not um, use the grace, you know, for selfish gain, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. I was thinking about, you know, this this rhetoric and this harsh language and then you're looking at that obviously with 2 Peter and the Gospel of Matthew as well. Yeah, uh, I was. Yeah, right. I've now oh, paused that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have got ADHD brain, so I can't stick on one thing. It's amazing yeah, yeah. that I finished my PhD. <laughs> yeah, no, close. <laughs> well, I guess even just from this, the research yeah. that has been done, yeah. thinking, I, I was just thinking about like, so like I think about like the con- contemporary, thinking about the church and its relationship mm. to harsh language or, or kind mm. of like more um stinging rhetoric for instance mm. like you know because there can be two, two camps one which mm. seems to just all be about that right that's the only way to talk to people is to, is to just attack from the jump um mm. and, and that's one kind of mode and then there's another which is kind of well actually we just have to be being christian is to be nice yeah um, and we're just yeah. generally you know pleasant to people um yeah. and i was thinking about you know what 
what, if anything, you've thought about in the way that we have to approach, you know, like what place is there for, you know, yeah. kind of a harshness, for a rebuke, for, yeah. you know, using, you know, quite strong, yeah. uncompromising language in dispute yeah. Um, yeah. within our life today. Like, you, yeah. know, you know, we, we often, you know, it's there in lots of scripture, right? Like, you know, as you said, yeah. Paul does it too, Jesus yeah. certainly, you know, yeah. but like we sometimes go, okay, is it just for that or is it something yeah. that we can utilize or, 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 or turn yeah. to or is it but then there's obviously a danger of it becoming so the only mode anyway yeah I just, I yeah just yeah yeah so in the piece the Matthew piece is around um <clears throat> Jesus rebuke against the Pharisees right woe to the Pharisees da, da, da. and so what I noticed actually because I did a bit of looking at the types of um, invective that we see across the New Testament and a lot of the time not always not exclusively but a lot of the time the people that Jesus and others get cross at is the ones who are trying to bring in rules and legalism and things like that. Like even Paul himself, he's like, don't make people circum like in Galatians mm. when he gets angry, Galatians is invective as well. He's like, mm. you know, don't try and bring in circumcision. Like, you know, don't go back to the law, you know, kind of thing. So actually one of the things that I think is that uh, it's, it's the gospel plus, you know what I mean? It's when you're adding all these extra things, that's actually where a lot of the invective comes from, you know? Yep. So what's something I, we lead by me and my husband lead Bible studies and like something I'll say to the young people is like, what have we added? You know, what have we added to the gospel? How do we strip back? Like, you know, all these additional things. That's where I feel like a lot of the aggression comes from in the new Testament, yep. um, which is interesting. So, but then holding in, in tension with that is the fact that if I just come back to Jude, he says several times throughout the letter, like it's the Lord who judges. So ultimate judgment belongs to the Lord. Okay. So he's very aware of that. He has this bizarre illustration where he says, even the arch angel Michael didn't dare to bring a judgment against the devil. Do you know what I mean? So he's like, so ultimate judgment is up to Jesus. It's not up to us to judge. But we, but but the things he gets passionate about and angry about, and he and others, Jesus, Paul, um, is about these extra things that get added to the gospel. You know, you have to do this, look this way. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's really that's really helpful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think that's often like you know, yeah. I think that, and that's like then you're thinking about it's usually in defense then of people who are being. Um, you know, put upon or restricted in a way or because yeah. I've been asked to do more than maybe, yeah. you know, they, yeah, exactly what they should be. And that, that definitely has yeah. a parallel to contemporary kind of context. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's mm. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking, you, now this is another question that's just kind of, you might not have an answer here, but I was just thinking about how. <laughs> Probably um, not. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, it's kind of, I guess, a flip of, so you're talking about like that, like what, what you want to strip away being in the context of the ch- the church you're in um, mm. or the denomination that, you know, you're connected mm. with. I was thinking mm. also, as someone who's teaching in the Uniting Church College, now obviously folks come from all over to that college from, from mm-hmm. different kinds of traditions, but, you know, Uniting Church College, um, obviously having some connection to those being formed there in, in ministry yep. as well. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, as someone who's kind of, I guess, somewhat also outside looking in, right? Yes, who, You know, yes. who has different levels of, you know, different tradition and commitments and, yes. and, and understanding. Are there particular, you know, st- the flip side of this is what I want to definitely say to a bunch of the 
other Sydney Anglican churches. This is yes. what, like, if I could talk to a bunch of Uniting Church folk, mm. um, mm. are there particular things you see as someone who gets that, you know, often when we're a bit outside, you can see yes. things that, that are missed um, by those whose noses are right to the grindstone. Um, yeah. That you think, yeah, that you, you think. Yeah, it's interesting you asked that question because, you know, I brought up before about the women's staff. So that's obviously a big thing in the Anglican Church. Interestingly, when I teach my Paul class in at UTC, yeah. um, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to show you why I think women should be involved in ministry. And they kind of all look at me like, but we all think they should. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yes, but you need to know why you think they should. Do you know what I mean? So I'm going to map it for you and basically like help you have a defense of that. Because I think sometimes um, what, I, what I have found or experienced is there is this beautiful sense of inclusion and welcome, which I absolutely love about UTC and about my students and the Uniting Church. And it's one of the things that I'm like, should I be moving over to that camp? <laughs> <laughs> beautiful sense of yeah like all are welcome which I think is missing in other denominations um and but I don't think there's necessarily that like and I've thought through why you know so let's go through the passages let's challenge some of these ideas I'm gonna really push on you something I do at the end of that class is make them do a debate where they have to like you know argue mm. for things on both sides and kind of make them you know say you know yeah try and go on both sides of, of the debate of whatever the, the difficult issue is you know yeah. um <clears throat> and yeah, and, and force them to think through, not force them, and help them to think through um, some of these ideas and, and where they're drawing these ideas from. Yeah, so I think what I have found is that um, people in in some Anglican churches are quite good at giving you their answers, um, but they're like almost like they've read it somewhere and they regurgitate the answer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's, that's something I, I find. Yeah. I I want you to be able to go to the scriptures. I want you to be able to, you know, go through history, be able to show where this, this idea has emerged from. And, you know, I want you to be able to pull together some different ideas, not in a binary Mm. way, but just to be able to enter the conversation thoughtfully. Yeah. 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 I appreciate that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, as we, sort of somewhat begin to land the plane and, and put our carriage trays up and all that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> um, are there particular things you're getting ready to or excited about? You know, this semester is just finishing, but looking ahead as people who might be thinking, oh, I want to take some take some classes. Is there anything yeah. you're gearing up to teach that you are excited about or want to shout out or just, just add a, a general plug for um, yeah, 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 getting, yeah. Getting interested in, in thinking about the Bible in a... <laughs> well, I'm teaching one of my favourite classes um, at the beginning of next year called uh, Greek One. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I know that some people would be like, oh, I'd never want to take a language, but um, it's really, really fun and I love teaching Greek and I love learning Greek and it's it's not as hard as people think. Um, that's like genuinely a really fun class. I love teaching that. Um, I'm also teaching a class on the Gospels, on the Synoptic Gospels, uh, and I think the the lectionary year will be Luke. So, uh, and Luke is actually one of the books that I'm starting to move into now in my research. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so excited to teach that because I've been reading a lot and thinking a lot about Luke and, and particularly, um, <clears throat> 
sort of social justice stuff, but also like the women and the minorities and yeah, things like that in Luke. I'm really interested mm. in that. Um, hence the fact where I said I've kind of paused the other yeah. stuff because now I've, <laughs> my brain's jumped over somewhere else. <laughs> No, um, so, um, yeah, really excited about that. And, and then I'm teaching a third year class as well um, on Judaism and early Christianity. And it's kind of looking at those books in between the Old Testament and the New mm. Testament, which I which I absolutely love because I think that in a lot of traditional Bible colleges, they don't really do that, yep. that part of the canon. But it's so important for understanding the context of the Bible, mm. sort of the context of the New Testament. It kind of sets the stage for, you know, what you do in the New Testament. Um, so I love that class. Um, but if you've never taken any subjects before, in the second half of every single year, so s- semester two, we always teach Introduction to New Testament. And mm. I just taught that this semester and it was so fun. I did one online. Oh, actually, I did both online, didn't I, because of COVID. But one was an intensive and one was um, week to yeah. week and it was great. It was really, really mm. fun. Mm. Yeah, I, de- I definitely, you know, the appeal of doing that Judaism and early Christianity course, like particularly looking at those. I remember a past guest of the show, Daniel Kirk, you know, making mm. cases. This is so hard to understand kind of oh. so any kind of like so many of the Christological imagery and soteriological yes. language yes. is just so... Yes indebted yes. to like books in that era absolutely like you think about revelation jude himself um even even some of the gospel languages like there's so much in there that you just yeah really comes to life when you understand that world of which was what they were reading you know what i mean like that was their their bread and butter so to speak you know like that was their whole world view um yeah, so it's it's a shame that it doesn't get it doesn't get studied yeah. more. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. So I I recommend that. That's great. Mm. Well, Ali, thank you for joining us on the podcast today, <laughs> and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, I'm excited by what you're talking about, looking at in Luke, and maybe we can oh, yes. again the talk Luke <laughs> at some point. Maybe we can even time that out sometime to you know help some preachers along in their uh, as, yes. as the lectionary moves into it, but. Um, no, I, I really appreciate this conversation and uh, what you're doing, and and so yeah, I hope you are. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. Anything else you want to quickly promote or plug or anything? Oh like that? no, nothing. I've got nothing. I'm just yeah. Thank you for having me. It was great. Um, and yeah, honestly, like I think one of the things that I love about. Um, and, and often say to students is that, you know, you don't need to want to at the end be a minister or anything like that to study the Bible. Like, as I said before, as Christians, like this just, it, it transforms your own heart. It transforms how you do, you know, how you serve in your community, how you love your family. Like, I feel like it's one of those things that basically any Christian can go and study the Bible and you won't regret it. So, yeah, come come join us. <laughs> I love it. What a pitch. What a gift. Thank you so much. That's no wonderful. worries. Thanks, right, Liam. Folks, we'll see you next week. Bye.